0: Welcome to the IBS Intelligence podcast. I'm Suniva Klostyak. Today I am talking to Daniel Carpenter, Head of Regulation at Meritsoft, about the COMEX tax scandal and how financial institutions can rebuild trust at a time of increased scrutiny around trading activity and dividend arbitrage schemes. A pleasure to have you on the podcast, Daniel. Would you mind starting with who Meritsoft is?
1: Yeah, no, no, no problem at all. So Meritsoft is part of Cognizant, a global technology company in the financial services and other silos and verticals. Meritsoft itself has been around for the better part of 20 years providing key systems to financial institutions to manage a range of what we deem receivables and payables. And that comes in a number of guises. So that comes from being maybe trade expense management or BC and E as it's referred to, or it comes into claims automation, which is around the asset servicing, coops, and divisions and fails management. Uh, We're now in the CSDR space. So we are a product company that leverages one core infrastructure and platform called FinBoss. And we produce modules to address key industry problems. And the one we're gonna talk today about very much is tax space and transaction taxes specifically. And within transaction taxes, we're gonna talk about the CumEx side of things as well. So we are a global provider of software solutions to address these issues.
0: Mm. Let's look at Comex. You said the scheme comes on the transaction tax. How does it work, and how are people using, or I guess, abusing it?
1: Mm. I guess from our perspective, again, just for clarity, that the listeners is very much that we look at the regulations that are out there or the taxes, and we try and provide solutions to automate that and minimise the risk for the people who adopt our solutions. So we, we in no way influence what the regulators introduce or, or the government's introduced. Cumex actually is a tax, so pre-div and post-div announcements. That's actually been enforced for a period of time, some 20 years, give or take. And the idea was that it was to prevent multiple parties claiming tax reclaims against the same dividend notification. And the reason that could happen is that people were buying and selling on the same day. They were going short and they were going long. And therefore, when the dividend came in, they were basically potentially two, more than one party would be reclaiming the tax that had been held source. And what that effectively did you know, from the government's perspective, and there are multiple governments involved in this. Germany is obviously the most high profile. But around that, there's circa 50 billion of amount of you know, tax that potentially should have been going to the government, but actually was reclaimed. So basically, the rules were introduced to prevent that occurring. There's a well-publicized cases that have happened in the last couple of years around it. And, you know, I think what's important to sort of talk about is not so much that aspect of it. It's actually around the compliance of those rules by the houses. So what I mean by that is there are a set number of rules that you're meant to apply and adhere to. And those rules prevent more than one party reclaiming a tax. So it's not that people necessarily do it anymore, that you know, everyone behaves by the rules, but it's being able to prove an evidence you're behaving 100% by the rules that are in force. In our experience, many houses haven't industrialised this process and they haven't looked at certain key aspects of the rules and requirements. And to pick up on a couple of those key points, I think, to prevent uh, double reclaiming, they've introduced things like your 45-day holding rule. So you are meant to hold the particular security. It's predominantly dividend orientated sort of tax reclaims, but coupons can be caught as well. And if you don't hold it for 45 days before or after the dividend event, then you aren't meant to process it. So you've really got to prove you've got that position 45 days before and you hold it 45 days afterwards. And part of the issues the banks will have is that the people who are doing the tax reclaims, element don't necessarily have oversight of what's happening on the trading aspect so they can't be sure that someone hasn't traded in and outside of those 45 days so that's one example of why you need to systemize this and and address the issue and there's another point i'll pick on which is something to do called safe harboring and when you buy something the rules are that you can buy and sell buy and sell buy and sell but to do that, you're meant to operate on a FIFO basis to work out on a first in first out basis when you're selling to hit that 45 day safe harbour rule I've just talked about. You need to track things for that whole year. And are the institutions aware of that? How are they doing it? Do they have a record and repository to make sure they are adhering to it before they hit the 45 day rule? And the third aspect that we've come across, which is quite interesting, is the hedging aspect of it. Because if you do go and do a tax reclaim, again, the division of responsibilities within the institutions potentially leads to a misreclaim because the operations could go and ask for 100 percent reclaim, which they believe is well within their rights if they've applied the 45 day rule and the safe harbour rule. But actually, if they then say to the front office, well, have you been hedging any of this amount to de-risk it from the bank's perspective? And it is highly likely that someone else in the organisation has done some hedging off the back of it. And if they do the hedging, then that percentage is meant to be discounted from the tax reclaim. So if you had a £100,000 tax reclaim and you find out 15% of it has been hedged, you're meant to reduce that 15000 off your tax reclaim to reduce it down to 85000 So there's quite a lot of rules that are there to protect and make sure people are enforcing and best practice. And and I guess the key question for a lot of people is, are you addressing this? How are you addressing it? And can you evidence it? Can you look at it and say, I've got an audit trail. If a regulator, if the German regulator comes in or France or any other, other countries that are part of this process come in and want to do an audit on me, can I evidence that we are very transparently and quickly, this is how we're behaving and this is why we've reclaimed it and I can prove it's the right amount to reclaim. So that's, I guess, the history of it, and also some of the key areas that we're finding people need to look at and address, and and that's why we started analysing the requirements, looking at the data sets and the attributes, and then building a solution that would provide them with this capability and capacity to handle what I just explained needs to be handled.
0: With the solution you've launched? How are you addressing increased scrutiny and helping traders become more compliant.
1: Yeah, and and I think, again, we have to be careful that, you know, this is not just about the trading aspect of things. It's it's about the institution as a whole Mm. and the obligations that are on the institution. Because, again, traders don't necessarily have oversight of the dividend reclaims aspects coming in, for example. So it's an entity-wide issue that needs to be addressed or certainly managed. So what have we done to address it? I mean, the first thing is to look at the rules and work out all the complexities around it. Once you've identified what the rules are and therefore what you have to achieve, you can look at the data sets that are required to be stored and tracked. As an example, if you are trading in Germany, then you need to track all of your equity positions and you need to look at them on a daily basis. You're buying and selling. That's fine. You then track them and say, okay, I'm now looking at it from a first in, first out perspective. And on the day that the dividend feed comes into a system, which is something we've always dealt with as dividend feeds, we can say, well, our position on this date is this. So that's the first thing you've got to do, say, what is my real position on this date? Then I have to look at any movement in holdings in the 45 days to make sure I've had this for 45 days. And then I can work out what the tax relief claim could be. I've also got from a systematic point of view to make sure that when I'm tracking these trades in and out of the system for positions, I'm looking at 45 days afterwards. So we're tracking that and saying, well, actually, you've moved a position out, so that's not eligible anymore. So we're looking at the data feeds from the trading. We're looking at there are some rules potentially around the ref and the static data and the client data that you need in the system. And then you've actually got to do the simple calculation itself as to what the reclaim should be. But you can only do that once you've got the transactions. The positions, you've worked out the 45-day rule, and then you've actually got to look at the hedging aspect of it and say, okay, have I got a feed, have we hedged any of this? So you may go back to your front office team and just say, in this particular instance, this particular security has a dividend, have we hedged any of that in the feed eating period? If we have, then we have to deduct that from our tax reclaims. So the aim of the solution, which is leveraging our tax industrialization platform, is to handle that complete process. And then off the back of that, we can either feed that data into other systems for the tax reclaim to occur, or we actually will do the tax reclaim processing as well. So you sort of can have a complete solution that validates, creates exceptions where there's data mismatches and, and allows people to fix it. Then it processes it through and makes sure as it complies with all those rules, then it will actually do the tax reclaims processing do the submissions to the appropriate authorities. And then at the simultaneously, if appropriate, it can do what we call accruals and the postings and payment side of things to make sure we are pushing and accruing for the right amount of tax reclaim into our general ledger and accounting system as a bank. So it can do the complete circle, if you like, of that whole process around tax reclaims. Now, many institutions will have a tax reclaim process and they have a solution, but the element they are highly likely to be missing in our experience is the CumEx calculation aspect of things. And how to manage that particular element of tax reclaims.
0: If you look at trust, when this Cumex scandal came out it was quite a big deal and we've seen a number of different tax-related scandals and leaks over the past years. When the trust in financial services takes a blow like this, what responsibilities do banks, custodians, institutions have in terms of repairing it and how can they enlist firms like Merisoft to do that?
1: So. Again, it's a great question because I think you've got to look at it from the have I done it and can I process it? And then there's all the evidence that goes around it. So the transparency. So if I just quickly step back, you know, our system is built upon the same engine that we provide French, Italian and Spanish transaction tax processing on. And we do the withholding tax and we do the tax reclaim side of things. We also do the 871M and 305C tax rules and regs. So we understand the requirements. And. The world of tax is growing there are more and more taxes being introduced generally the governments themselves are being harder and now auditing people and asking for audit trails so you know having a black box that calculates it that could be the right dollar figure or euro figure in this instance but now i've got to evidence how i got to that point did i do it accurately and can i prove it if i get an audit by the regulator so you've got to have that transparency in the system to say this is how we got to euro 10 figure by going through the following steps and procedures. So I think transparency, if you look at other regulations like MIFID-2 and CSDR, which we're both heavily involved in, then you will see a lot of these rules are, A, it's about generating tax and revenues for the governments, but also it's about best practice and transparency. So your point is a well-founded point about evidencing and proving to the end investor that your bank, your custodian, shall I say, is doing everything appropriately and can prove it and evidence it. And if they get audited and they will get audited, it'll be spot audits, et cetera, then very quickly they will get the right recognition for having that sort of approach and having the best practices and procedures. A case in point, if we were to step back a bit, was to do the Italian transaction taxes and the introduction of those particular taxes. The Italian regulators then went out and asked and started auditing some of the banks after a couple of years to say, are you doing it properly? And they went in and they found items and the banks had to jump through several hoops to prove that their temporary workarounds and tactical solutions were actually doing the right job and doing the right calculation. So I think the world of tax more generally is obviously becoming an extraterritorial regime. And many, many houses are looking about how to industrialize their tax processing. You know, every year there's a story. Last year's was the Cumex. Next year's will be about the Spanish transaction tax that's coming in or potentially the EU transaction tax. There was 8.71 last year, the year before in America. There's a incremental growth in the introduction of new taxes, and they all require similar sets of data to automate process.
0: Lastly, I want to ask, it's a new year. For MeritSoft, what's your outlook and what have you got planned in terms of product development?
1: Yeah, a fair question. So I think in the different areas, because we have multiple solutions addressing key areas. And it's well publicised that one of the key areas we've been focusing on is CSDR, due with the settlement discipline aspect of that and the penalties, the fails and the buy-ins processing. So we are delivering those solutions to banks at the moment. These are global houses who are looking at automating that process and having a sort of single pane of glass across their fails management, but complying with the CSDR legislation. Now, There's been a slippage in time by ESMA and the regulator to push that out for another year to 22. But the projects are in flight. So we're focusing on that from a tax perspective more specifically. Then, as I said, we're looking at the Cumex. We built in the Spanish FTT rules that come in mid-January so that people can now have a single system that looks after French, Italian and the Spanish and any others that come on board of that ilk. We anticipate that there'll be people at the end of this year looking about the 871M IRS legislation, which is meant to come in back in vogue. And outside of that, we generally talk to our clients around what other transaction taxes do they want us to look at. And strangely enough, people talk to us about stamp duty still, even though it's been out for a while. They talk about CGT and CGT engines and how they can industrialise that process as well. So it's really talking about taking lots of different taxes. And having one solution that can handle many problems, which will reduce the number of interfaces, reduce the number of separate platforms that have to be maintained and are adaptable and flexible enough to handle changes going forward. Because these taxes change every year and the requirements change. So there's quite a lot going on within that team and department.
0: Thank you so much, Daniel.